ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation, Polly Civilian in Louisville, Steve in Syracuse, and uh, the artist of the day today, Guns N' Roses. November Rain became the first 90s video to hit 1 billion views on YouTube today. Steve? All right, so we've got uh, Guns N' Roses throughout the day as we... uh... We bring out our first guest. We've got John Schmelke joins us at 1215 uh, every Tuesday throughout the football season. And and John will certainly talk some New York Giants football here in a moment. But we, we have to start with what we all saw last night. And, uh, you know, I was watching it live. Paulie was en route to Louisville to get ready for a basketball game tonight. Just curious of, of your perspective, what you saw. And, and uh, uh, you know, I know you're in the Giants facility or have been in the Giants facility <clears> today. And, We'll uh, we'll get into that. I guess let's start with you though, and just your your personal emotions on what you saw last night. Yeah, you know you're watching it. You see him go down. You see the players gather. You assume it's a head injury, right? You assume he got hit in the head. Then you saw the replay. Then you started getting worried. Then you saw the fact that they were showing only wide shots on the television broadcast, and they weren't showing anything closer to the action, which told me immediately that something was happening that they did not want the public to see, which meant it was truly. Uh, even a bigger emergency than, you know, a guy getting put on a backboard because of a potential spine injury, which is serious as it is. And then obviously you start hearing the, you know, the information about the CPR and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's awful. It, it, it doesn't happen in just football. You know, you can go back, you know, hand gathers, you know, baseball, you know, the balls in your hitting, you put your life in your hands every time the pitcher throws a hundred mile an hour fastball, you know, towards home plate. So it's, you know, it's, it's just awful. And, you hope the kid, you know, makes it. You hope the medical professionals did enough initially that, you know, he can recover from this and, you know, everyone's just praying for him. All right. So I mentioned that, you know, you've been at the Giants facility today. Um, I, I would imagine it's a, a somber mood there. Uh, what, what can you tell us about how the players and, and coaches are, are dealing with this and trying to process what they saw last night? Yeah, I haven't had a chance to talk to any players yet, but there is just a almost like a, a sense of quiet in the building, to be honest with you. You know, everyone knows that, you know, it, it appears to be such a, a freak accident that could happen to anyone playing the game at any time. And I think, and whenever you see something like this, it just gives perspective. And I think, you know, I think that's just kind of the, the feeling of all the coaches and the players, you know, they're all part of a fraternity um, being, you know, players in the NFL, the coaches being coaches in the NFL all connected, you know, even just working for NFL team, you're in some ways part of that too. So I think everyone just feels for the kid and, and hope he makes it. And, you know, then you start figuring out what it's going to mean for the season. Well, right. And, and I wanted to ask you about that, that, you know, obviously the, the football is on, is on the back burner and, and, and not doesn't feel important right now. And, and for good reason, but at some point uh, the season will continue. And I, you know, you being so well connected, I wanted to get your thoughts, John, on, on how you think the league will handle this. It's, it's unprecedented. We haven't really seen anything quite like this particular situation, uh, and it's you know so close to the end of the season. How do you think they handle uh, you know this this postponed game versus you know both teams have another game to play next week? Yeah, it's a great question, and you know I usually try to you know figure out a way to make things work when you look at the schedules, and I think I'm pretty good at it. I don't know how this is going to work, guys. I got to be honest with you. Um, you have a very limited amount of time to play two football games before the playoffs. Both these teams are going to be in the playoffs. Potentially, both will have to play in week one if the Chiefs get the one seed in the AFC. 
So I don't see how you're going to get two games in in this period of time unless these teams are going to be playing on four days rest you know, or five days rest heading into the first round of the playoffs. And I don't think anyone's going to want to do that. So, and, and by the way, if they want to play this game on like Thursday, they kind of have to know today so they can make flight and hotel accommodations to go back to Cincinnati because Buffalo returned home. So I don't know. Um, would it shock me if they literally don't replay the game? I guess not. It would be strange, but I, I think this is such a situation where, I mean, we might not know about this kid's, you know, DeMar Hamlin's well-being for another day or two. Are they going to make the Bills play a game while this kid's in critical condition in a, you know, basically a medically induced coma to, to see if he's okay? You know, does the league want to do that? I, I don't know. So I don't have a great answer here, but I think we could see something unprecedented where, and we kind of talked about this during COVID, right? Where this was kind of a possibility during the COVID year where some couple teams just play one fewer games than others. I think that is legitimately on the table here. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you on that. Um, all right, let's let's move on to to Giants football now. And uh, you know, it was uh, you know before this happened, I, I would imagine that the facility would have been uh, would have been jumping. Um, you know, it was given yesterday. the fact that they, yeah, right. So I mean, what what have the last few days been like? Is this team you know ended the playoff drought and they 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 knew what the scenario was, right? Win and they're in, and they went out and they played a really good game of football uh, against the Colts over the weekend. Yeah, but you could argue it was their most complete game of the year from the takeaways on defense. They finally put up 30 points the first time in, uh, gosh, 40-something games where they scored 30 points. So, yeah, look, they, they played a really good game. And, you know, the locker room wasn't, like, euphoric afterwards. It was happy. It was upbeat, but it wasn't, like, you know, you know, champagne celebration here. And I think that's, you know, the nature of the beast. They still could have made it if they would have lost, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it wasn't a close game, so it wasn't really dramatic at the end. So a lot of the emotion was gone. But look, I think the stuff that happened on the field was was the stuff that was the coolest. You know, the you know the fans chanting Daniel Jones's name late in the game. You know that was that was cool. And I it mattered. You know, he's not going to say it mattered to him, but it mattered to him. And I think it mattered to his teammates. You know, Brian Dable pumping his fist to the crowd. You know, he's a guy that's always you know doesn't like to show that emotion. He was very stoic last week heading into the game, but he got into it. And now, look, the team has, I mean, who would have thought that you don't have to even play in week 18 here in order to, you know, the Giants are, you know, securing the sixth spot. You know, I don't have any sense yet of who they're going to play, who they're not going to play. I can tell you they're probably not going to play the guys that are have any sort of injury concerns, like the Leonard Williams. Uh, you know, maybe they'll get a Dory Jackson a couple snaps, like Aziz Ojolari. He probably won't play, you know, and we'll see what Brian Dable decides to do. But yeah, look, the, no one thought the Giants would be here. I didn't think the Giants would be here. You know, I told you guys before the season, I didn't care how many games the Giants won this year. I just wanted the, them to develop players and, and get the new regime in place. This was not expected, and, and these are the best years. So hopefully, you know, maybe you figure out a way to play the Vikings in the first round. They played them close a couple weeks ago. Maybe you figure out a way to win that game. Who knows? And, you know, it, you could not have pictured a better start to the Shane Dable regime than what we saw this year. You mentioned, you mentioned that the it, crowd. It matters. Oh, go ahead, go ahead Paulie. You mentioned the crowd chanting Daniel Jones's name. Where, where does he stand now at, at the end of this season with a playoff berth? Look, my sense is that the Giants want to have him back. Um, now, then financials get involved, right? And then it's business. That's when it gets tricky. Salary cap, franchise tag. You know, what's the nature of, of him being back? I can't tell you for sure. You know, there's going to be a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks. It's a it's a pretty active quarterback market this offseason. There's upwards of eight teams that could be looking for a QB. So he could be in demand. So then what's the cost going to be? 
The Giants should have enough cap space to do whatever they need to do to retain him, but what's the financial level they want to go to? But my, my feeling is that they want him back and they'll figure out a way to make it work. He wants to be back. They want him back. When that's the case, look at Aaron Judge. Usually they'll figure out a way to get it done. We saw uh, Richie James with a, a great game at the wide receiver position. Has he established himself as, as the top, uh, top threat from the, the, the wide receiver position on this team? Yeah, I think it's kind of him and Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton too, right? And I think all three guys have unique roles in the passing offense. So I think each week it could be somebody different. You know, Slayton's still that outside guy, the deep threat that'll make the big play. Richie James has developed into that more of, you know, short to mid-range slot guy that has the quickness to get open in the middle of the field, convert that third and three, third and four. And then Isaiah Hodgins has kind of added a little bit of size outside. You know, two weeks ago, he led the team in catches. So I think depending on the matchups, depending on how the other team is playing you, all three of those guys could be leading the team in receiving any given week. And I really think it's become a position by committee. And those three guys, after a bit of a revolving door all year in terms of who is filling those roles, I think those guys have kind of solidified their spots here. And those are the Giants' top three receivers. I do want to ask you about the the Kayvon Thibodeau uh, celebration on the Nick Foles injury. Was there any reaction to that after the game either by him was there an apology offered or I, I didn't happen to see that so it was if there was any sort of apology or anything afterwards what, what was the reaction following the game yeah he was asked about it after the game and he basically said look I wasn't trying to show the guy up I got the sack I didn't you know realize when I did the celebration that he was down so there was no ill will there you know Thibodeau had another unblocked pressure and you know he had one of those against Washington a few weeks ago um, had another one this week, and that's Wink Martindale's scheme, right? Just freeing up unblocked pressures, and, uh, and Thibodeau's been able to take advantage of it. And, and I guess just lastly, and you touched on this a little bit, you said you don't know who's going to play or not play. I mean, what, what is the motivation for this team uh, heading into the finale against the Eagles, a team that you know beat them up pretty good the first time around, but this game doesn't really matter to the Giants. So, you know, are, are they motivated because it's a rival and because it's Philly, or is this just kind of a, a rest, let's get through it as healthy as possible and look ahead to the playoffs kind of game? Yeah, uh, here comes generic quote. Brian Dable is going to do whatever he thinks is best for the team. Now, we don't know what that means, right? <laughs> I don't know what it means either. We've never seen Brian Dable in this situation before. So I'd basically be venturing guesses. Um, you know, do I think Saquon Barkley is going to get 30 carries in this game? No. Um, might he only get five or 10? Sure. Might he not play at all? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if I'm the Giants, would I be, you know, running Daniel Jones on a bunch of quarterback keepers and getting him smacked around by the defense in this game? No, probably not. Might he still play? Sure. Might it be Tyrod Taylor? That wouldn't surprise me either. Um, again, if Dory Jackson's been out a while, I wouldn't be surprised to try to get him some, just a little bit of run to get him ready for the playoffs. But, you know, Leonard Williams has been battling a neck. No chance. Aziz Ojolari has been battling an ankle. No chance. You know, Evan Neal's had a bit of a knee issue. Is, is, is he a guy that they're going to maybe try to give a rest to this week to get a little healthier? Maybe. So those are the guys I kind of keep an eye on to see whether or not they're going to go. Maybe, you know, Dexter Lawrence has played a lot of snaps this year. Maybe you just give him a break. You know, that wouldn't surprise me. But Brian Davis also tried to build a culture here of winning and competing and every game mattering. You know, is that going to overcome some of the, you know, safety issues and the health issues? I don't know. We're going to find out. I hope Brian Dable tells us early in the week so we don't have to sit here, you know, basically guessing all week of what this is going to look like. But given he comes from Bill Belichick's coaching tree, something tells me I might be disappointed about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right, John. Great stuff as always. Thanks for the time. We'll, uh, we'll do it again next week. Sounds good, guys. Good talking to you as always. 
All right, there he is, John Schmelk from the New York Giants. And with that, we'll take a timeout. We'll switch gears. We're going to talk SU basketball on the other side. The voice of the Louisville Cardinals, Paul Rogers, joins us next on ESPN Radio.